Uh, today, we're um, going to, Doug, Dan, and I soon are going to have a little conversation here. I think it's Nava's first ever conversational preaching, and uh, I think that's going to be fun. Um, to frame what we're going to be talking about, um, I want to share a scripture out of John. If you want to turn to your digital devices, John sixteen thirty three. Oh dear, just turned on the audio. I love that Nava is a diverse family of people that as I was celebrating Rachel together have jointly said, we will follow you, Jesus. We want to know your nature. We want to walk in your ways. We want to live out your teachings with the heart of sons and daughters that you've made us to be. Uh, along the journey, Jesus with the disciples, he um, brings them to this point in chapter 16. I'm going to start in verse 32. It says, Behold, the hour is coming, indeed it has come, when you will be scattered each to his own home. And you will leave me alone, yet know that I am not alone, for the Father is with me. I have said these things to you, so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have tribulation or trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So we've got three parts here. We've got tribulation or problems. I don't know that that's difficult to understand what that is. It's pressures, it's burdens, it's adversity. And Jesus said, expect this. This is going to happen. He then says, take heart. Strangely, in the King James Version, it says, uh, be a cheerful, be, have a cheerful heart. I was like, wow, King James, didn't expect that from you, King James. You surprised me with the word cheerful. Uh, or in the newly found Passion Translation, I think it says, uh, take courage. So we've got take heart, take courage, or be glad when this happens. Uh, for I have overcome the world. The word overcome there means to prevail, to be victorious, to conquer, to overcome. And uh, this scripture astounds me. Um, it provokes me. It intrigues me for a lot of reasons and in a lot of ways. And it's the topic that Doug and I are going to converse around here before you um, in real time. Because I think it has both present meaning and significance for us as God is leading us as a church family, as well individually just knowing the nature of life and what Jesus has said, that there are countless problems that all of us are encountering both daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, and we together are learning how to live with this one, to surrender to this one. How profound was that song of surrender? Hurley, good Lord. I... Honestly, friends, you, you were actually surrendering when we were singing that song. Um, I was deeply impacted by the pure-hearted surrender that we, won't just, we weren't just singing a song. We were actually trying to um, respond to it practically and otherwise. I digress. I couldn't help myself. That was too good of a moment. Um, I have no idea what I was saying. What was I saying, Tim? Yeah, we surrendered in worship. What did I say before that?
Tim saying, I was saying that I was making a personal confession about the difficulties I'm having? Tim. Tim. I see what's going on here, Tim. We're going to get there, Tim. I'll see you Thursday. Thursday. That's funny. Um, perhaps the way to illustrate and segue to Doug is earlier uh, when we were having our pre-kind of gathering meeting, uh, Katie Egley shared some things from an NPR interview that she was listening to. And in the interview, they were talking about rocks and soils and trees and things of this nature, as NPR does in the most monotone yet intriguing fashion, right? And the uh, experts were saying, no, we, we misunderstood rocks that are within the soil, that the trees and the roots of the trees especially need the rocks in order to access the nutrients that the tree needs for strength and vitality. Without the rocks, because the rocks access fungus, which brings nutrients to the roots, if the rocks weren't there, the tree could otherwise falter and fall. So I, I hate rocks in my soil. I, I love to pull them out regularly. And yet... God designed rocks, obstacles, if you will, for our good, that they would help us and not just make us stronger, but make us healthier. I don't know if you, the last time you viewed a problem as a good thing, I don't especially enjoy doing that. I love like the end of this scripture, take heart, I've overcome. I love the overcoming part. I, I don't always enjoy the process or the formation that's happening inside of me that brings me through those moments as Jesus will overcome again and again in and through our lives. So the rocks are there within the soil of life, our lives, uh, this planet, hello, and they're there doing a whole lot of good for us, and they're helping us in ways that we probably uh, can't fully appreciate just yet. We can on the other side of it, because in hindsight, we look back and we're like, rock and roll, that was awesome. Um, all right, Doug. With that, why don't you come up? This is my friend, Doug Day. Thank you, thank you. Check, check, check. All right, uh, Douglas. Yep. While uh, I'm adjusting some of these notes, why don't you uh, introduce yourself and your family? So, hi. Uh, my name is Doug Day, and uh, my family is right, right there. Three lovely ladies, married uh, 28 years this December to Julie. She was my college professor, but that's a story for another time, another time. Wow. Another time. And not this time. Two lovely daughters, oldest 21, Abigail, junior at Drury, the youngest, graduated from high school last Sunday. We are empty nesters. Congrats. We can see it. Way to go, We can Megan. see it. It's approaching, not from afar, but very close, nigh unto thee. And we are, uh, we're right there. So, uh, so uh, married for uh, 28 years, uh, lived here in Kansas City all of that time, uh, in Liberty all that time, um, just close to the square. We have the old house, picket fence, all that. That's us, that's us right now. Um, but yeah, I uh, was 16 years in marketing and then was eight years as a full-time pastor. And then for the last two or three years, I've been a chief marketing and development officer for a uh, community health center here in Kansas City. We I raise money and, and stuff for um, individuals that have a hard time paying for, for health care. And so that's how I spend my days. Um, here. 
Love it. Yep. Uh, Doug and I have spent some time over the last week and a half talking about this subject, about Jesus the overcomer, how we've wrestled through obstacles, problems, and the whole range uh, that comes with the overcomer. Like from the instantaneous, wow, it happened overnight and I was delivered. I mean, I was with my friend and he had been drinking well over a fifth of Jack a day. For the record, this is not, not you. me. This is not, not me. You. Not you. Let's just be real clear. Yeah. yeah. I drink vodka, right? Yeah, thank That's you so it. much. <laughs> Here's the vodka. I'm just, this is all joking. This is from a recording. The, uh, the, Jeez. The, uh, the dear brother was <laughs> drinking copious amounts of Jack Daniels every day and surrendered his life to Jesus the next day, never touched it again. I, that's amazing. Yes. I love those stories. That's amazing. They're awesome. Um, but I think as we're going to mine here, there is a process that's often associated with uh, entering into uh, the, whatever, the overcoming power of Jesus mm-hmm. and what that looks like. So uh, maybe, Doug, let's start with some of your story to yeah. just bring us into how Jesus, the overcomer, has been with you and in you. Yeah, so I think um, the idea when Jesus promises take heart, I've overcome the world, the idea, um, the hope is uh, the hope that we all have is that the overcomer lives inside of us. If I didn't believe that Jesus, the overcomer, lived inside of me, then every trial that I faced, that we face, um, would be really uh, much more hopeless than it even appeared at that moment. And so uh, my story begins um, um, in March 2017. I had a depression-based anxiety attack. I'd never had anything like that before, but it had been mounting over the last several weeks. Um, And uh, I woke up uh, that morning uh, having not had to eat much, not felt like eating. Um, It's one of those things, if you've not suffered with anxiety much, just say, thank you, Jesus. Um, if If you have suffered with anxiety, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. You try to sleep, and then your body recoils and you're awake and your heart is racing like you've been chased by something and therefore you just can't sleep much and so after several nights of this I woke up got out of bed at early in the morning went down on the on the couch crawled up in a fetal position pulled the cover over my head and just began to say God what in the expletive have you done with my life crying not knowing what to do um, my wife uh, gets out of bed and, and finds her way downstairs, and she's like, what, what is going on? And of course, being the strong man, quote-unquote, she had no idea I was struggling with all of this. And she's completely shocked, and she just goes into um, strong love mode and begins to just to speak some very gentle, kind truth to her husband, who is an absolute wreck when I began to tell this story with some other, other, other men that I'd known, men that I'd discipled for several years, one of the guys looked me dead in the face, and he said, Doug, he goes, I thought you were bulletproof. If anyone I ever knew was bulletproof, I thought you were bulletproof. And I said, well, for record, I, I must have made a big mistake in all my discipleship of you because I'm not bulletproof. Yeah, and, so, yeah. um, and so Julie and I had this 
very meaningful conversation. I really didn't know what to do. The only challenge was that evening I was supposed, uh, as part, part of this new job, right? That evening I was supposed to get my first public appearance and speak publicly. And here I am crawling up on the Excellent. couch, fetal position. And so fortunately I had all my notes beforehand. Um, uh, we got through the day. I put on a coat and tie, drove all the way down south, not wanting to do anything, but just trying to remember to breathe. You've dealt with anxiety, you know, that sometimes you have to remind yourself, inhale, exhale. For those of you that haven't touched that, again, say thank you, Jesus, because everything begins to close in around your world. So I show up at this choral event, and it's like hoity-toity college choral event. There's a fundraising thing, and I'm going to get up and talk for five minutes about what we do, and they're going to make a contribution, that kind of thing. So I show up completely nauseous, hadn't eaten a thing, convinced I am going to be sick during the middle of this high coral thing. And of course, there's stone floors, and I'm like, this is not going to end well if I get sick. And so I have these visions of me running out the back, and they're going to think, oh, here's the new marketing guy who's afraid to speak publicly. And I'm like, this is, I'm going to lose my job. I mean, I'm playing through all these things in my head. And I'm sitting there all alone in this big church, um, listening to this beautiful music. And I'm just sitting there trying to remember to breathe. And then I, and then in, in a moment, I have um, just the sense that the Lord Jesus is seated right beside me. <clears throat> and he's holding my hand quietly. He's just there. And at that moment, I'm like, when I think, I don't think I'm going to vomit. So that's good. That's the first thing I think, I think I'm going to make it through. But I also realized at that moment, I need help outside of myself. The Doug Day, who is always able just to pull himself up by the bootstraps on his own strength, I need someone or some other people to come into my experience now to help me out of this. And so in that moment, I made the decision, one, that I was, I knew I needed people praying for me that meant business, that knew how to deal with God, that knew how to connect with heaven. And so I knew I needed spiritual help, but I also knew that I needed to visit with someone who was some type of of counselor, some type of therapist. And so right then, I pulled out my phone and began texting, hey, we got to talk tomorrow. Let's talk this time of day. And so it was at that moment, really, that I, 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 I'm, I knew that I had hit kind of rock bottom. I knew the Lord was with me, but I, he was leading me into a space of recovery. Um, and, uh, and so that's when I started the journey of just trying to find counselors and therapists and godly people. And I asked not just one person, but multiple people if they could speak into my life. And it was, it was the, one of the wisest things that I've ever done. And for me, for my experience, that was the first step of overcoming. Many times we don't recognize what overcoming looks like, but for, to me, that was, that was the first step. Yeah. When you and I were talking, um, I don't know, somewhere in the last few days, you made the comment that in the book of Revelation, when it all kind of culminates, it's Jesus as the lamb that overcomes yeah. the world, not as the yeah. lion. Yeah. And that floored me because, you know, into the same spirit of what you're describing, like I'm, I'm inclined to think it's like by strength that we overcome and are victorious, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And there's biblical principle to support that, but really in embracing the weakness in Jesus as the lamb and all that comes with Jesus as the lamb in meekness and gentleness that overcomes and conquers that. Yeah, that was extraordinary. I love how your story captures that. Um, well, 
take us a little deeper if you're willing, if there sure. is a deeper that you want to go um, in the midst of that. And I'm curious just to draw out things that you know. Is, is it fair to say that you were you able to distinguish God's voice clearly in those times? And if you were, what were... What was he saying or what were you accessing? Yeah, so um, the Lord said some really wonderful things to me during that time. Um, and I will say that he didn't say them as quickly as I wanted him to say those things. When we're in difficult times, the Lord, in my experience, maybe not yours, he rarely speaks as quickly or as clearly as I really want. But he does speak. And for that, I'm grateful. The challenge for me is that a large part of my uh, of, my of my anxiety based 12 months earlier when I experienced church trauma. I'd been on the church leadership team, and there was a, a point there where I felt like I experienced, my experience was that I, I encountered some chronic dishonesty and betrayal at the hands of the senior pastor who was, who was my boss. Um, three months prior to that, I'd taken this new job, and I was way over my head. Um, and everyone knew it, especially uh, my staff, so that's not a good thing. But when you try to hear from God after you've experienced religious disappointment, it's very difficult because you re everything's a trigger. Almost every spiritual thing, church is a trigger, certain Bible verses are a trigger, certain songs that you remember, they're triggers. And it's like everything just stops. You're like, I, the bridge is out, the door is closed, you just can't go there. But... God is so creative and so good. He finds a way. And um, my experience has been, so the first word that, that the Lord really shared with me is that um, a conclusion I came to is God is too good. God is too good to be kept at a distance. When we get hurt in our relationships, and especially with the Lord, <clears throat> he doesn't perform the way that we want him to perform, Performs does things that just beyond our expectations, there's distance that created because I thought I knew you. I thought we were good. I thought we were friends. Why would you do this to me? And there's a, there, for my experience, there was a distance. I didn't know if I trusted the Lord much. I knew that I probably did, but I didn't know if I really, it was just complicated. Um, it was just, hurt does that. Disappointment does that. And it gets really confused and really hard. And there was distance between my relationship with the Lord. As time goes on, you begin to see the goodness of God in other things. And you recognize the goodness of the one who has been good to you in the past. And you recognize evidence of his presence and of his goodness. And you go, that is the mercy I know. That's the kindness I know. That's the love that I know. And before you know it, your heart starts to warm. And you start to go, I think I'm feeling and sensing love and trust toward God again. And I came to the conclusion is, you know what? God is too good for me to keep him at a distance. And so I made the choice. I don't know how I'm going to be close to God anymore because there's like, there's like landmines everywhere. For, for me, when I'm trying to pursue Jesus, I'm like, that's a landmine, not going there, not going to pray that Bible verse, not going to read, not going to sing that worship song. It was just like, whoa, how are we going to go? But I knew, I knew he was after me. I knew he was pursuing me. Um, and so that was one of the first things, that God's just too, too good to be kept uh, at a distance. Yeah? Yeah. yeah? Um, okay, so everybody caught that Doug previously was in 
full-time vocational ministry for some time. Yep. Uh, church trauma, which is a thing. Tim Gustafson, it's a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. Um, hopefully never here. Well, <laughs> 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 uh, I can be hopeful yeah. and idealistic. People, yeah. yeah. Just, people hurt people. Just a quick thing. Um, good men and women make mistakes. And good men and women make mistakes on you. Just if you're, if you're in, in the room, it just might happen. And my experience was that good men made mistakes with me. That was my experience. And so I'm just learning to, to deal with that. And so, um, yeah, there's that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, okay, so you're walking this out. Mm-hmm. You've included others, which props. You, you would, if you didn't, you probably would still be at home and not here if yeah. you didn't welcome others into your journey, which to me is like paramount, that we humble ourselves, we acknowledge oh dear, I'm stuck under a blanket <laughs> and feel that way in my soul, yeah. not just one moment, but feel that way, quote, perpetually, mm-hmm. and reach out and appeal to others for help. So um, what else was like coming through those men and women that you were talking with? And then how does that, you know, wh- where does that go? Wh- where did that bring you, quote, bring you? So honestly, there was, it's all, it's all a process. So the, the song that we that we sang tonight about trusting him in the prophet process. I'll prophesy your yeah. promises. And yeah. again, we want it to go quickly, but it just it doesn't go quickly. But you I was so grateful when the Lord did speak and say things to me during that that time. And um one of the things that, that he talked to me about was my role in overcoming and what he what was more important and less important for me. And one of the things that he shared with, with me was that um, my spiritual attention was more important than my spiritual intensity. My spiritual attention is more important than my spiritual intensity. Being human or being male or being whatever that I am or whatever kind of background that I came up in spiritually I felt like I had experience that if I could just will my way or work my way or hype my way or whatever it was into this spiritual experience that faith or the grace of God would lift me over it. And I felt um, the, a real caution from the Lord that um, my spiritual intensity, he doesn't need. He just doesn't need my spiritual intensity. And being a good charismatic guy, that's hard to get it along with. I'm like, you don't need me to be... Right excited right, right. it doesn't help you at all yeah and i i felt like i feel like the Lord was like actually it gets in the way sometimes i mean well meaning spiritual intensity just looks yeah. a, feels a lot like religion feels a lot like carnality doug yeah he said what I, what I he goes if i am this was great i sense the lord say doug if i'm god um my zeal is sufficient my zeal is sufficient, Doug. I don't, I don't really need your intensity. In fact, Doug, your intensity often will just get in the way. What's more important for you, Doug, is you just to pay attention. You to be attentive to what I'm doing, and my zeal will carry the rest of it. And I thought, life lesson. So grab the journal, write that one down. Yeah? 
uh, Rob Black, I've heard him say it probably a hundred times, the zeal of the Lord will accomplish this. Right. Not our, not our own zeal. The zeal of the Lord will accomplish this. Right. And you, you mentioned that. I'm pretty little, sure it's in the Bible, too. Not, yes. No, yeah, you know, it's to not Rob. Rob's. It's not a hashtag Rob. It's a hashtag Bible. But <laughs> it's a good end. <laughs> That he it's has a good embraced. line. I think he stepped out. He was sitting right there. He, and he was left. like, "We're looking over here, and there's an empty space." This there are forty oh. years, and they came. They were here a little bit. They didn't want to listen wow. to Doug and I. Apparently so. Thanks for that, Rob. Thanks, Rob. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Yeah, really. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> he even gave him a little shout out. Let's move along quickly. Let's move along. What a bummer. Um, the, uh, one of the s- stories, the sp- stories in the Bible that you and I were talking about um, is when Elijah, just before he has the, like, Mount Carmel, yeah. heroic, crazy fire and all fire that from comes heaven. with it. It's amazing. And he's listening to God one day, and God says, you got to go find the stream. Yeah. you got to go find the stream, and there by the stream, I'm going to feed you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take care of you. And you and I were pulling some some of the beauty out of that, of what it looks like for us to find the stream in the midst of, well, it was, it was already a wasteland. It had been a drought. And so even when God says, go find the stream in the drought, it's hard to find the stream in the drought because there's no water and there hasn't been for some time. Um, so I'd love you to take, and I'll share one as well if we get there, but take us into some of the streams yeah. that you were, I mean, you're starting to, you know, kind of muse into those anyway, but yeah. Bring us to a stream. So I think for me, again, experiencing, experiencing some religious disappointment, the stream for me was not what I did, but what I stopped doing. Um, I, by nature, am an, uh, an Enneagram 3. If you're Enneagram oh boy, people. boy, here it goes. <laughs> Davidson, settle down there. <laughs> settle down so right now. if you're not, that's okay. We accept all people. Myers Briggs out to the right. <laughs> Enneagrams. Being an Enneagram number three, I'm an achiever. I'm a performer. I, 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 that's just, I like, I have a to do list, even with Jesus. Let's get on with this in the mornings. But the tank was empty. I had zero motivation to do anything spiritually. And so, the, this, I, Finally, one day, I'm like, I, my time, daily time with the Lord was depleting. It was, I walked away like, thank God that's over. And when you're in a condition like I was in, that's like, why would you, Doug, that's stupid. You're yeah. a moron. Why would you keep doing that? I said this <laughs> to, <yourself>. to myself. <laughs> that's yourself, because that's just what I do. I'm like, let's just do it again. If it doesn't work, we'll try harder, you know? <laughs> So what I ended up doing was just canceling everything, sleeping later in the morning. The, the, really, the first time I sat down with the, morning on a, with the Lord on a Sunday morning, really, like s- Monday through Saturday, whoop, gone. Not get up more with, with the Lord. I slept in. My wife, Julie, doesn't know what day it is. She's like, what are you doing? She's like, you're going to be the first one up. Why are you still in bed? I'm like, I'm not getting up. Sundays, though, was my day. And I would get up every Sunday morning, a cup of coffee, pull out my iPhone, pull up the Commodores, and listen to Easy Like Sunday Morning. That was it. That's gold. Lionel Just Richie, man. Because I'm Easy Like Sunday Morning. For being a pastor for all those years, being a worship leader for 10-plus years before then, 
Sunday morning was going to be easy now. The Lord was saying, we're just going to be easy. It's just going to be you and me. And we're just going to enjoy this time together. So I sat on my front porch, wicker furniture, listened to the birds chirp, listened to Lionel Richie. That was the stream for me. Does that sound sacrilegious to anybody else? <laughs> From places where I've been, I'd be like, you can't meet with God with the Commodores, you know? The Commodores. <laughs> Have you heard their other music, you know? <laughs> it it's not some of the, it's, I like their music. We're not going to comment about that. So that was that. And so once, once that happened, then there were other things the Lord began to, how about we try this? And how about we try that? And it was slow. So, you know, my, my encouragement to those of you that are in that place where you're like, I am here, and that's about all I can do. I can't tell you how many times we came to Nava, and my family would look at me, and they would go, Dad is having a rough day. He's having a rough day. And they were right. I would encourage you not to rush it, that to find the stream. Find your stream. The Lord told Elijah where to find the stream. He said, go to Cherith Brook. There's a stream there. The whole, the whole land is in drought. You're going to find water there, and I'm going to bring food to you. And then the stream dried up. And then he said, now I want you to go over here. The Lord will help you. The Lord will help you find the stream. And whatever it looks like, enjoy it. Don't put any pressure on yourself to perform religiously. Just find that place where it's you and Jesus. And if you can find that place where it's you and Jesus, that is success in that moment. That is health in that moment. That's deliverance in that moment because you're meeting with the overcomer. You're meeting with the deliverer. And it has nothing to do with our ability to perform in that moment or our ability to hear God in that moment has everything to do with our ability to be with God in that moment, even when it's just quiet, even when we're just here. My favorite prayer right now with the Lord is this. I'm here. That's it. That's, I mean, that's not the beginning that's, that's it. I mean, that's, I'm, I'm here. And I just say that again and again. I'm just, I'm here knowing that, and of course, there's a double meaning to that. I'm here and I am is here. The great I am is here with me. And so I just let those three words just begin to seep into my spirit. I let my heart open up to the presence of God. And I just go, the great I am is here. I am is here. And I am here. And this is a good thing. I love that. I, um, I'm drawn to the different streams that you experience. Mm-hmm. Solo, front porch, Commodores, right? It works. Just try it. You're going mm-hmm. to be surprised. I don't, I don't know. That's your stream, Doug. Maybe it's I don't ABBA. I think that's a is common it, stream. Is it, is no, it ABBA for ABBA you? Either. No, ABBA? It's not. Um, so... I'm I'm seeing the Dancing solo. Queen, Stop. It's bad. Strong and single. Your daughter's there. <laughs> a lot of hiding. eye rolls over they're here hiding. to my left. They're hiding. Um, <laughs> but 
uh, I'm drawn to, again, the different <laughs> streams that emerged, right? Yep. Solo front porch, going to see people. You had friends that you're talking to. You had those that God had raised up, amazing men and women that were experts in that field, right? That could serve the body of Christ, intersect somewhere along the way, as you've described. God says, stay at now, but we know we're far from perfect. Sometimes you didn't like being here. You were the only one. I don't know that anybody <laughs> ever sat through a gathering. You're joking. No, I'm not. Yeah. Nobody in 15 years ever thought. Anyway, um, so I don't know if you want to tease that out a little bit, but that, that is interesting. I mean, even in our moment, here we are, we're in Nava, and how the body intersects. But obviously, yeah. the church is beyond just the, the walls and the people called Nava, that you were meeting with godly men and women and beyond in the therapy world. But talk to the church piece a sec. Yeah, so the church piece a sec was... Um, uh, unbelievably powerful. I mean, I, <clears throat> the Lord brought us here and, uh, we, we looked through a number of different churches and attended some really great place. We were some great teachers. Um, we really delightfully surprised at how many congregations we visited are Jesus focused, Jesus loving people that, uh, there may have been uh, opportunities in our past where we would have um, been suspicious of 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 them, um, but we were just del- delighted to make the circuit around the city. Um, but we just can't. Un- it's impossible for me to overstate how important Nava has been to our family and to my my recovery, whatever we want to call that. That's still <laughs> happening for the record. Um, um, but uh, I think hearing um, one, I. Think you didn't ask me to say this, but I think the leadership here is unbelievably healthy. Um, the way they defer to each other, the fact that we move into this huge building uh, at Plex Pod, of course we're gone now, but we move into this building where every, all conventional wisdom says you, everyone's got to be there every week. The leaders are going to be there every week. Our leaders say, actually, we're going to step out for about six months and just let the Lord and every other team take it. The trust that's on the team um, was, just spoke immensely to us. Um, and then there was the people and the testimony of the people. It's part of that where we began to touch um, to he- hear from different people in, in the body, where we begin to hear, oh, you know, God's good to Liz, you know, you know, uh, and so we begin to hear different things, and that was one of the things that really just began to warm our heart. The worship was amazing. Um, to walk, um, I was a worship leader for, 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 for I don't know, fifteen some odd years, uh-huh. and so, um, and so being in a place that, that uh, was sensitive to the Holy Spirit, that. Um, help people connect with, with heaven in an authentic way without hype or manipulation um, and just understood uh, humanity and the human condition in the place of worship was, was positive. So I don't know if you're looking for or not, no, but that I mean, was part of our experience. Great. I, can't, I know we're not the only ones that experienced that. Yeah. Well, again, we're off script. Thank yeah. you for saying so. That's great. Um, but I do see and celebrate like the, what's the scripture in Revelation 19 or somewhere between then and the end, uh, they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the power of the testimony. Right. Like there is something about being in a space where testimonies are shared that we identify. I think that's why I was keen to have this moment. Is it your story and this where we're at can serve other people and hearing the testimony of how God proved himself faithful that draws us up and in and opens the door a little wider from, you know, our clenched fingers. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Cool. Um, Ten minutes. We probably got to land the ship here pretty soon. Pastor? You Feel know, free. I mean, you remember, if we're not watching the clock, everybody else is watching the clock. Somebody has to watch the clock, Doug. It's important. It is important. Um, okay, I think um, a couple of things that I want to venture into and culminate with is where we started. Jesus comes to his disciples, and he says, you're going to have problems. I need you to take heart. I need you to be courageous. And I need you to remember that I have overcome the world. And I will overcome the world again and again and again and again. And he won't cease to be who he is as an overcomer. How are you different? How do you see him differently? You're, you know, I don't think you're professing that you're through and it's all is done. But just speak to that piece. How are you different now? I think, one, I'm a lot more empathetic to people that uh, struggle with anxiety. Uh, I'm a lot more, um, I have a child on the loose that's just She's okay. Running. She's running. She's over here to the left. If you Keep hurry the fast. Closed. Keep the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And she just, she just did a lap, y'all. She's okay. She is fast. She just did the lap. And She's we're back fast. in business. She's going to be a track star for sure. It's a calling. Um, how am I different? I think, um, I think, one, for sure, I think anytime, anytime suffering or pain or trial comes into your, your life, but, um, the scripture says what we really have a difficult time believing, um, but it's a, it's a gift that somehow God, who didn't spare his own son, but made him a sacrifice for us. And in that sacrifice, there was real pain. There was real estrangement. There was real betrayal. Yeah. If that happened to Jesus, is it possible that it might also happen to us? And in that experience, this is not the popular part of the talk, for the record. But there's change that happens in the life of a person. Pain does that. Loss does that. Suffering does that. And it's a part of our story. And it can be part of our growth. It can be part of our strength. Um, we pray differently. We love differently. Um, we listen differently. We are uh, more sensitive to others in a deeper way. Um, you pick up on cues when people say certain things like, oh, I feel this, or I'm sensing this, or I'm hearing a little bit of that. Um, and so um, my, my hope is that it has made me a better human. Yeah. I also think that it's, it's fundamentally, I think, changed the way that, of my relationship with Jesus, yeah. where to me it's, it's, um, it's much my relationship with the Lord now is has a lot more silence, a lot more listening, um, and uh, a lot more just reminding myself that I'm a man who's loved. And um, I uh, was in the middle of, of learning all of this, and, and um, one, of the, one of the voices that has helped me a lot is um, a pastor named Peter Scazzaro, who wrote the book Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And uh, it's, 
he, he talks about this. This is a practice. It's contemplative prayer. And I've done a lot of work with the contemplative prayer. This gentleman has helped me get to a place of learning how to sit with Jesus in a way that I, I'd never had. And so um, I'm different in the fact that, to me, successful time with the Lord is silent, attentive, loving union. Silent, attentive, loving union. And if I can be in that place, if I use my Bible to do there to do that, great. If I use nature to do that, wonderful. If I do a worship song, fine. Um, but what the, to me, the treasure is that moment where it's silent, attentive, loving union with Jesus. Um, and uh, I have found that that's where the stream is. Um, and everything else flows out of the stream. Come on, man. I love that. Um, I think part of the reason I was excited about this topic and sensing that we needed to venture into it a little bit here in our Sunday gathering is Nava, we're following Jesus. It's eight weeks in to a obedience experiment. We didn't anticipate this. We didn't see this coming. And I am aware that there were going to be some bumps in the road ahead of us. If we haven't hit them already, there will be bumps and our view of a bump uh, is going to determine our response to it. And that's the stone in the soil, if you will. Like that is the rock in the midst of our root system that we either recognize that thing as a positive that's going to bring us nutrients and make us better, healthier, more fruitful, whatever. Or we're going to say that's a stubborn stone that needs to get out of the way. And I think with the range of people that are here in the different demographics and whatnot, we are experiencing all things Nava shifting and transition in different ways. I feel really sensitive to those of you that have little littles, and we're trying to anchor things so much more in the home, and we don't just have one three-year-old making laps here in a sanctuary. You've got them all around your family room, and you're like, well, I, I believe this counts, but man, this seems like we barely got 10 minutes of any focused attention. on This is hard. This is a stone. This is an obstacle, if you will. And uh, furthermore, there's 18 other type of obstacles and challenges that are going to come as we continue to follow Jesus into uh, the unknown of following him. I believe it's going to be far more good than bad, but I believe there will be hard. I believe that, well... If I can say it this way, Doug, I believe Jesus is right. In this world, we will, have, <laughs> we will have some problems in various shapes and sizes. And my heart and hope for us as a church family, not just as we rally around those of us that go through crisis and challenge and difficulty and health and everything else, but as a whole family as we follow Jesus, that when we bump into one of these boulders that hit us or smack us or fall on us, that we don't just tuck tail and run away from it, that we say, oh, Father, what is the nutrient that you are going to bring to us? What is the good that is going to come to us and strengthen us as we hold to you? As I think you and I said, man, the goal of this message, the goal of overcoming is that we're with Jesus, that we're with one another in loving, honest relationship. We're with him in loving, attentive relationship. I love your spin, not intensity, but attention. And I feel that muscle strengthening and growing. Like, as a leadership team, we've had to be um, far more attentive to the still small voice than before. It's not what we were always that by way of a value, but uh, even now more so, like, oh, God, we have to hear you. Like, we have to hear you and hear you clearly in order to lead well and follow well. And uh, that's 
vulnerable, man. The, the, the space of listening is so precious but also vulnerable, eh? Yeah, because you don't, you, <clears throat> you don't lead out of your personality. It's, at least I try not to. Or at least, well, it's, 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 it's a challenge for people of personality to, lead, to not lead out of their personality, but to lead out of what they hear from the Lord. And it should be designed to be um, a collective hearing on a leadership team. And that's one thing I, I think is so beautiful about how we do it here. Thanks, man. Um, well, with that in mind, let's, let's just all give a moment to wait and listen a little bit. Um, I just want to welcome the Holy Spirit to be and do what the Holy Spirit loves to do, to speak, to quicken things to our minds and hearts that are for us personally to hold on to, to let go of. Right? So some will be a reminder to hold on to something. For some, it will be a nudge or an encouragement to let go of something that you've been holding on to. Offense, hurt, pain, something like that that is going to start the process or continue to aid you on the process that you're already on as it relates to your own um, adversity and challenge. So uh, let's just wait for a minute, eh? Thank you, Holy Spirit. You are such a good friend. You are incredibly safe. We lean into you. You know us perfectly. You know the Father and the Son perfectly. Would you now draw near to each one of us, and would you speak and highlight something that's for us in this moment to hold on to or let go of? If you'll allow me just in the, I want to tenderly encourage those of you here that are in a difficult spot, that may be um, all too painfully um, identify with my experience, and I just want to recognize the wise and difficult choice that you made to be here tonight. And just listening to this feels like that um, we are standing right on your toes. Really uncomfortable. But let me encourage you that if you have sensed the Spirit of God address your issue... If there was anything spoken, any thought that you had tonight that addresses your issue, let me strongly encourage you just to name it with the Lord and just say, yes, I hear you. Just have an honest exchange with him, especially if you feel distant from him especially if they're trust issues that are separating you from him. Name it 
and just say, I don't know if I trust you yet. I don't know if I'm ready to be close yet, but this seems right to me, and I will use it as a brick to relay part of the foundation. Just give it a, a solemn, holy nod. Yeah, I'm feeling just sensitive and hopeful, quite honestly, for those that need to take heart um, right now, to take the heart of Jesus um, into the moment of struggle and challenge that you're in. And I, I don't want to add my words to it. I, I just want you to hear Jesus say to you, take heart. So would you allow... Uh, for those that resonate with that and you need to, to hear that from him, would you just invite him to speak to you? Speak his words that he's already spoken, but speak them to you personally um, in this moment. Okay. Uh, let's... Let's pray. We're going to ultimately pray the Lord's Prayer in closing, but I just I want to pray in response to this and pray some things over us as a people, pray some things into us. Uh, for those that uh, resonate with this, that here and now you're in the midst of a difficulty, and Jesus is saying, take heart, reminding you of who he is, of what he will do, what he has done. Yeah, so Jesus, we... Uh, we don't want to go anywhere else. You and you alone are the one that we want the most, that we need the most. So we bless one another in the room. We pray for uh, those tonight, Jesus, that are feeling all of the feels in this moment, in this story that relate and resonate with things that Doug has shared. And we ask you now to draw near I do pray for the grace and the ability to pull on others, to ask for help, that you would raise up good men and women around those of us who need it most right now to receive the grace that you give through one another. I pray for the stream that you have waiting for those that feel the most cracked and barren right now, that you would direct and guide us to those streams, to those places where you are prepared and ready to pour out living water to refresh and replenish. Yeah, and simply, Jesus, I just say uh, tonight that we welcome what may seem like a stone in our way to bring us nutrients, to bring us strength, to bring us life that it is not for our doom, but it is actually for our help. We love you and we trust you in the process. We mean that song when it counts the most. We will trust you in the process. We speak that over ourselves, over our own heart, over one another, that we will trust you in the process. In Jesus' name. Join hands, friends. Again, feel free to come up and get some more prayer if you would like it. Really, Doug? <laughs> Doug left me up here solo. Supposed to be for one another, Doug. Thanks, Liz.
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. 